Hello, 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 hello. If I was a barbershop quartet, that would be my my intro, except the low note would hunt. Hello, hello, hello. Always makes me think of that Chili's commercial. I want my baby back, baby. Chili's baby back ribs. Chili's baby back ribs. Barbecue sauce. Um, it is live at you Wednesday, January 23rd, 2019. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, the cops are outside. I, um, was tempted to unplug my computer and go set everything up in my kitchen so that I could eavesdrop with my eyes. Peep? What, what's the, uh, snoop? What, what's eavesdropping for sight? Eavesdropping is when you listen in on someone without them knowing. I just wanted to stand in my kitchen and peek peek behind the blinds, pull the blinds over, and just kind of creepily look at the uh, policemen out front. Because uh, we have a crazy neighbor. Um, our neighbor to the left of us gets the cops called on her periodically. A little bit unsettling of a thing, right? We've had a little bit of an issue with her before in the past. She gets frustrated if our dogs bark too much in the back yard. So now I am extremely attentive and anal about if the dogs are barking in the backyard because I don't want to upset my neighbors. You know, we have close quarters with our neighbors and the dog dogs barking can be really obnoxious. It's almost like if you're not paying attention to it, it doesn't bother you. And then once you notice it, it can drive you nuts. So I want to be respectful and a good neighbor and try not to let the dogs bark in the backyard. But this one time we did, you know, Jack was barking in the back and uh, she was getting frustrated with it. So she pointed her stereo out her back window towards our yard and was blasting classic rock. At least it was good music. But she just turned on the radio and pointed her speaker out at, at our backyard. And my wife was like, what the hell's going on? And of course, this stuff always happens when I'm not home. You know, the, you get calls from your wife and I'm in like, you know, Key West or, you know, on the way to a gig. And she's like, hey, something's going on. I don't know what's going on. This lady's crazy. Called the cops. So we've we've been the... I, well, we, me and my wife, we, we're a team, so anything she does is, is we, of course. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. She called the cops on her one time, and the cops came out and just told her to turn her radio down, and she was like, well, there are dogs barking, and I, I can't even hear myself think, so I wanted to turn on the music, so I drowned out the dog, and I don't know, that's a rocky way to have neighborly relations, so... I know this lady's crazy. We don't see her very much, but I was putting my Christmas tree lights up and she was pulling in and I gave her this big wave. Hey, Merry Christmas. You know, that was a couple weeks back. And uh, on the way home from a jog the other day, I noticed that her trash can was out front. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where her trash can goes, but let me do something neighborly. And, and as I walk past it, I'll pull the trash can up into her driveway and make it a little easier for her to, to clean that up later. Just wanted to give her a little hug from the universe, you know? I feel like... I feel like... People are Darth Vader. You know, they get caught up in the dark side, but they're still good in them. And if maybe they got a couple breaks, or a couple hugs from the universe, 
they would find the goodness in themselves and, and not be a pain in the ass for everybody. So I don't know if she's got substance abuse issues. She seems pretty estranged. I've never seen anyone visit. I, I don't know if she's got family. Mostly I think it's sad. But if she ever did anything fucking crazy, like burn her house down and then that fire comes over and burns this house down while my family's sleeping in it, that wouldn't be cool. So there's something unsettling about crazy people. Something unsettling about the police, you know, being called and showing up. And of course, my little chihuahua, Mickey, sees the police out front and he's like, so I go grab him and I'm like, come on, Mickey, we're going to go podcast. You're going to come into the office with me and I'll lock you in here. So now he's curled up on a little pillow, on a little pillow. And uh, it didn't seem like anything was going on. It was just two cops out front kind of talking to each other. I don't know if they were checking on her, making sure she's alive or what. Um, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Probably a waste of resources, too. But I hope she gets her shit together and think maybe the universe is telling us to move. We've been renting this house for a while, and we love it. It's been working out really well. But, uh, you know might be time to go to go move renting is starting to feel like a poor investment you know wanna go get a mortgage while the rates are low or lowish i don't know i i lose track of that stuff sometimes when it's not in my immediately immediate wheelhouse and it's not like we're so flush with cash we can just like oh let's go buy a house you know it'll it'll take a little bit of figuring out but uh yeah that'll be one thing that i'm that i don't miss about this this particular living situation also my daughters are starting to really get on each other's nerves they're sharing a bedroom so that we have a spare bedroom to be an office slash guest room slash computer room slash podcast studio slash dog prison for when they are barking at the front door um, and the girls really need their own space. They just trash their room and then it's, Hey, clean this up. Well, I didn't do it. She did it. Well, put your clothes away. I put my clothes away. She didn't put her. Well, she threw my clothes on the floor, right? All that fun stuff. Any parents out there can relate. I'm sure. Sure. I drove my parents nuts with some stuff like that when I was a kid, but, uh, kind of ties in with the, the, the theme of the podcast today is leveling up. Sometimes I feel so good when I level up in whatever it is. If it's my day job and I have a breakthrough, you know, I'm working on something really challenging and it's, it's taken me a while and then I kind of have a breakthrough and I go, oh, look what I observed here and look what I've demonstrated to myself that I can accomplish and, and add value to the team leveling up. Uh, if it's in the golf game, you know, sometimes you get the yips with the short chips you know, a 20 yard chip. It's like, well, how do I swing back and swing through, still accelerate through the ball, but not, you know, hit it 60 yards when I'm trying to only hit it 32 yards, you know, and, and then you go to the range and you practice. I'm such a practicer. I love practicing because I love feeling like I'm striving towards that leveling up. And then in the music world for me right now, that's all about charting my songs. Charting my songs and singing are two things that I've been working on leveling up at lately. 
And I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of, oh, now it's time to level up. I just, I like practicing stuff. And then it dawned on me that this concept of leveling up, like, like in a video game, you start off with these basic moves, beating these basic enemies. You know, if it's Mario, you can jump and you land on a Goomba. Is that what they're called? The little brown guys that look kind of like a triangle that walks around and, and they just don't do anything other than walk at you. But when you first start out, you're really bad and you walk up to it and you forget to jump and you bump into it and it's a do 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 do. Right? And then you learn, oh, that if you hit this button, you jump. And then if I land on his head, he squishes. And then, you know, danger is, is uh, nullified. Got to nullify the danger in the video games. And then you learn, oh, I can run and jump. And then I'll jump even further and discover new levels. Right? Then the bad guys get tougher. Now there's the little guy with the green shell. And you hop on him and then his shell is still there. And that shell, you can kick it off the brick, but then it bounces back and hits you. Right? Right? And then you go, oh, shoot, okay. I, I took my lumps on that one. Had to restart and go beat the uh, beginning levels again. And then you get to that point and you stomp on the little turkey guy, the turkey turtle guy forget what he's called koopa troopa koopa troopa guy if you don't play mario this is all going to be foreign to you but you jump on the koopa troopa guy you kick his shell against the bricks and then you learn oh i can jump and then you get really really good at it and you go oh my gosh if i kick this shell while i'm standing next to it really close to this brick wall it'll bounce back and i'll land on it again and then before I even hit the ground, I'll kick it back over there. And I'll do that like 10 or 12 times in a row and get a one-up. That's like next level, right? Leveling up. Got to level up your skills to meet the challenges. I guess it, maybe it relates to being in flow states, right? We talk about flow, being in the flow, being in the zone, man. And... What I've heard is that you're in the flow when you're doing something that is a stretch of a challenge, but not so much so that you can't do it. You have to challenge your skills and it forces you to be in the moment It forces you to be in that flow state because if you get distracted, you're going to slip. You're going to let that turtle shell come back and hit you and then you're going to go and in life, we don't want to go right we want to be achieving and moving forward and progressing and it feels really good to level up so that's what i've been trying to do and if it gets too easy if you're doing the same thing over and over again and you master it then then all of a sudden you're you're doing something but you're also checking your phone or you're doing something but your mind is actually thinking about something else and not in a good way, not in like a cool, like flow state way where you're in the moment and then you realize, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about something else, but I'm still accomplishing what I'm trying to do here. Uh, skiing reminds me of that. I haven't skied in forever, but I remember being at the top of the mountain going, oh boy, I don't, I don't like this. I'm kind of a risk averse person. I don't like doing activities where I could get hurt. 
but you point your skis down the mountain and you start going and then you go, okay, gotta go left and I gotta go right and I'm going too fast so it's time to turn and do the pizza thing, right? The South Park guys did pizza and french fries, right? That's what ski instructors tell you is do the pizza, the little slice to slow yourself down and then if you want to go fast, do the french fries where your skis are parallel. And, you know, you buy, and then buy, you, you're just... You're avoiding obstacles and, oh, geez, you know, here comes some other skier. I got to avoid them. And you see a mogul and you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't mean to go over that one. But now I got to land and then I'm going to turn. And, you, and then next thing you know, you're down at the bottom of the hill ready to go back in line and take the chairlift up and do it all again. Because you're getting better. You're progressing. You're leveling up. And then you go from the, the green circle to the blue diamond to the black diamond gets more difficult and more challenging and then all of a sudden you're looking for those moguls because you want to get a little air you want to get a little speed and and kind of jump down the mountain and just figure it out and be in the moment and and tackle tackle the moment and succeed so i guess it's probably important to direct your attention toward what you want to level up at and i don't always do that with the singing thing, uh, I realized the other day, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't really use my falsetto voice very much. And I was stretching and I was just kind of <clears throat> doing some vocalization. I was like, uh, and getting into that head voice, this, right? Really breathy head voice. Um, if you're not a singer, right, you've got this kind of chest voice where you're oh. And that's all chest, but then you can also just pop your voice. It's kind of like you, you kind of crack your voice on purpose and go, uh, 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 uh. so I was <laughs> obsessed with that for like three days. God bless my wife and family. Cause I'm walking around the house just going like, oh, la, la, uh, and I, I must've been driving my wife crazy. She, I would hear her crack up from the other room because I wouldn't do it for a while. And then all of a sudden I was just like, yeah, I'm working at the computer. And then out of the blue, I just go, oh, and then I hear her laugh from the other room. But some of my favorite singers can do that with excellent control. And I was like getting a little jealous of that. It's like, man, okay, I've got my own tone. I've got my own sense of melody, but there's more to be discovered there's more to be tackled there's there's room for improvement of course like with music especially it's a great parallel for just life in general there's there's always room to keep exploring and keep getting better so it's walking around and then switching between the voices was the thing that i really wanted to practice and we were on a hike with a friend and I knew she was a really good singer from uh, musical theater days. I said, uh, Hey Rachel, like, do you have any suggestions of how I can practice this? And for a good, you know, quarter mile of the hike, we were talking back and forth about different ideas of how to do it and what I could practice at home and some of the theory behind it and some of the physicality behind it. And she was giving me these good, good ideas. She's like, you know, when you're singing in that voice, like aim, feel like your voice is aiming for the roof of your mouth 
And I was like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. And she also referred to something as my mask. She's like, if you're singing out of your chest, you'll feel it there. If you're singing out of your falsetto, your head voice, you'll feel it in your mask, which is kind of like, you know, the roof of your mouth meets the front of your nose. And it's this different tone. And, and you know, you can sing really high in that range. And I was like, oh, okay. So what happens to me at bar gigs is I sing out really loud to try to, you know, sing over the people or, or give it some energy. And I basically lose my falsetto voice altogether. I don't use it at all. And then if I try to go use it, it's usually pretty, pretty weak, pretty, you know, not warmed up. Um, there's one spot in Weezer's song, Say It Ain't So, towards the end where I was, I was, I was kind of doing it naturally without thinking about it too much. Let me see if I can do it. It's like, say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. That last, uh, that last little note, whoa, I would hit that with my head voice without overthinking it. I would just crack right up to that. And I was nice and warmed up and I would do that. But that was really the only spot in the whole night where I was using that voice. And um, inspired to try to see if I can work that voice in with a little bit more, you know, creativity and, and have a, have a good result with that, that improvement on my singing voice gives me something to practice, gives me something to strive for and hopefully makes the show better and makes my songwriting better. And my, and now my singing and melodies better and, and translates to the songwriting because I've got more tools in the shed, you know, I'm leveling up my singing voice. And then, um, for, so I, I talked about charting out my songs and a, a song chart is your notation about the song. If there's certain melodies, you got to write those down, um, in like staff form in, in a form where other musicians look at it and go, Oh yeah, I know what that is. Great. Cool. I can do that. What key is it? What tempo is it? What's the structure of the song? And then bare bones kind of chord progressions and things. And what I'm challenging myself to do is build out my song charts for all of my original songs. And that way I can hire a drummer and a bass player and a keyboard player or a guitar player, a horn player, maybe who knows, you know, once, once I have those charts in hand, the sky's the limit in terms of who I could get involved in the show and just kind of, again, you know, come from a place of humility and gratitude and go, cool, I've been doing this solo show for a while. So now I've got some songs built up, got some confidence with how I can perform them. Now it's, it's time to get these songs down on paper in a chart so that other musicians, specifically like really groovy, good musicians, I'm going to reach out to some jazz guys that I've met through the scene and kind of, you know, no rehearsal, just show up and plug in your instruments and go, okay, turn to page, whatever. This is the weight, right? So I've got my song, The Weight. And that's off of uh, Within and Around. It's also on the Baker's Dozen compilation. It's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And it's a kind of a, um, a melancholy, but you're still smiling through it kind of song. Um, about dealing with loss and I don't play it out by myself that much. If my buddy Jeremy is in the audience, I do play it cause he, cause he likes that one and requests it. And as long as I know he's going to enjoy it, I'll play it for him. It's kind of my audience of one theory. Um, you know, knowing that he's excited to hear the song makes me really confident about playing it out at the show, even though it's a little bit of a slower, um, more melancholy kind of 
kind of tune. Um, but if I get, you know, these jazz band cats to come out there and play it with me, I'm sure it'll, sure it'll go over well. So now the challenge for me is to figure out how to use this. Um, it's a program called Finale. Um, I got the free uh, 30-day version of it to try it out because that, that's what was recommended to me by this this guy that I reached out to to kind of mentor me in this area. I said, hey, Pete. The guy's name is Pete Pancrazzi. He's a really groovy guitar player. Um, he teaches jazz guitar, and he goes and plays um, his own shows. Professional musician out here in Phoenix, one of the first guys I, I saw playing um funny story actually we were double booked uh, it was one of my first gigs that i went to go play since moving to arizona this place called elevate coffee company and they double booked us by accident they said all right garrett yeah come play this uh this saturday night and apparently they had also told pete to go play that saturday night so we both showed up and we're loading gear in at the same time and it's like hi who are you well, you playing here tonight? I'm playing here tonight. But he couldn't have been more gracious. We shared the night. He gave me most of the money. It was so, so sweet of him. And I kept in touch. I was like, hey, the universe put me and Pete in the same spot at the same time. And I, I'm such a homebody and typically so sort of uh, alone, a little bit of a loner. You know, I don't go out and, and meet a lot of people. So when the universe puts somebody in my path, maybe uh, maybe it's a good idea to keep following up with them. And Pete's been super cool. You know, I won't talk to him for a year and a half. And I call him up. I go, hey, Pete, man, I'm, it's 2019. New year, new me. <laughs> new year, new me, man. I'm going to eat right and lose weight. And uh, no, I'm going to expand the sound. I'm going to bring some other players up on stage with me and see what happens and he was like cool and I, I jammed out with that guy ted um on the bass and we we had sort of a a false start of a of a jam because i didn't have any charts ready he came over he said all right what are we gonna play and i was like all right this one goes eab you know and he was like all right well wh when's the chorus come and i was like oh shit <laughs> And that was my big takeaway was how do you communicate your music to other players? I know I talked about this on the last podcast, but it, it, it bears repeating um, or it's worth repeating. Does bears, bears repeating, bears, does that, is that like a synonym for worth at that point? I don't know. So yeah, I'm just going to try to level up, level up my charting game and going to try to do a couple songs a day or, or at least one a day for the next, I think I have 27 days left on my free finale trial. And then I've got to go find out if it's worth it to buy it. It I don't know how much it costs. It might be like a $90 software. And, but the funny thing is if I don't, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's probably cost 300 bucks. I don't feel like spending that. I'm going to use the demo version as much as I can and get PDFs of my, of my charts. Um, and then, uh, by not looking up if it's expensive or not and getting the full version, I'm putting this built-in timeline on myself. Every time I open it, it's like 26 days remaining on your free demo. Would you like to purchase the real one now? And I'm like, remind me later. <laughs> Cause I'm working under, uh, under the gun here. I've got a deadline trying to get all my songs charted in t the remaining 27 days. So we'll see. Um, but it's cool, man. It's challenging my brain 
looking at staffs and notes on a staff and remembering quarter notes and half notes and dotted eighth notes and things. And it's pretty groovy to try to take something that my hands and my being and my soul knows so intimately, you know, just even the groove of my song day to day is like, oh, shoot, how do I write this down? And that's a really easy one. That's one I tried to start with. And then I was like, well, shoot, you know, that doesn't quite that chord change doesn't quite happen on the two. It's kind of on like the one and. So I am dusting off synapses that my brain used back in sixth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade when I was playing trumpet and looking at music on a staff. Now the only time I see music on a staff is maybe if I go visit somebody at their church and they have a hymnal and I look at the hymnal and I'm singing along, you know, Gloria in excelsis Deo. The other day, my, my wife was singing that song and she, her friend was over and she was she was cracking us up because Lauren goes, uh, she was like, well, I like to try to sing all the different parts at once. She goes like, Gloria. And uh, it just made me crack up because she was trying to sing the soprano part and the alto part. And But I remember looking in church, you know, while they were singing, I was following along with the notes and, oh, yeah, I remember this. Okay, yeah, there's that little sharp sign over there to tell us that it's the key of whatever, F, G. I, I, I'm not very good at committing that stuff to memory, but hopefully the more I practice it, the, the, fresher, the fresher it will be. So, yeah. And then leveling up on like important stuff in life, being a good dad. I think I've been hard on myself the last couple of days because my kids are a little like rambunctious around the house. You know, I was, I was talking about them yelling at each other about keeping their room clean. And it's just a, it's just a mess. And just everywhere they go, it's just a mess. And, you know, they they sneak junk food and granola bars and cheese. You know, they'll, they'll fill up on cheese sticks and then I'll feed them something for dinner. And then they don't want to eat it. And then they we end up throwing out the dinner. Or I eat it. And that's probably why I'm 10 pounds overweight or, you know, over where I want to be. Um, yeah, blame it on the kids. <laughs> it's not my issues with willpower. It's, kind of, it's like part willpower, part not wanting to throw any food away. I hate throwing food away. So when the kids are like, oh, no, we don't like it. I mixed tuna fish into their macaroni and cheese the other day. And you would have thought I was trying to feed them dog shit. Because they're oh, my, there's meat in this. And I, I, I didn't want to tell them what it was because I thought if I told them it was tuna fish, they would be really upset. So I was like, oh, don't worry about it. And then my older one is like, is this ham? I was like, no, um... Do you want it to be ham? This is an actual conversation we had over dinner. Do you want it to be ham? Uh, yeah. And I go, yeah, then it's ham. And she goes, ew. I was like, God damn it, she tricked me. And I go, well, no, no, I was just teasing. It's, it's not actually ham. She's like, well, what is this? Can I just pick it off to the side? I said, no, 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 eat it. It's blended in with the mac and cheese. It's really yummy. You know, because I didn't feel great about serving a mac and cheese, you know, this processed cheese powder for dinner. So I thought, 
you know, I would do what I did when I was in college or, or, you know, after college and I needed a quick meal, I would throw a can of tuna into a thing of mac and cheese and eat it. I love it. I think it's really delicious. Throw a little black pepper on there. If you got to eat some mac and cheese, might as well throw some tuna fish in there. But the girls were not having it. They were really, really upset. You're poisoning us. Um, so I end up eating all of it. I basically, I put it out. I had a small bowl for myself and gave them two plates of it. They picked at it. I was about to be like, you got to stay at the table till you finish your food. But then I was just, I was making my kids miserable. I was getting frustrated. So then I was like, all right, I'll, I can trade you a banana for, no, I don't eat bananas. Well, you, you're going to eat a banana tonight, you know? Okay, well, fine. Okay, let's not, let's not fight over bananas. Okay, for you, I'll get you sweet potatoes. And for you, you have to eat a banana. And then I will eat the entire pan of mac and cheese with tuna fish in it. And then that's just like my appetizer. You know, whatever I'm making for me and, and my wife for dinner you know then i'm like oh well and and then i'm looking through the fridge while i'm making this a salad or something and i see oh there's some you know three-day-old chili that i made the other day ah that's 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 probably gonna get kind of gross in a day or two let me eat that too so I, I end up having like two dinners at night um this is my own fault it's just poor poor restraint there's also that moment in the day where i just start eating and I'm like, oh my God, instant pleasure. Just make this experience just keep lasting. I just don't want this experience to stop. The eating is like, it's bringing world peace to my being. And I'm like, oh, whatever. There's, there's teachers striking out in California. There's the government shut down with tons of furloughed employees. There's like earthquakes and tsunamis and, you know people blowing up because they're tapping into an oil pipeline in Mexico trying to siphon off oil and or, or gasoline from this pipeline and then it explodes and like a fucking half of a village burns up in a fiery ball all that shit is going on but if i'm just shoving food into my face none of that matters i just get so happy and my belly just fills up like a balloon and I just sit back and I'm lazy and tired and I don't feel like I gotta do anything. And then, you know, a few hours goes by and I'm like, man, I am a piece of shit. Um, and then I wake up the next morning and feel like I need to level up and figure my S out. Uh... But so trying to level up in my parenting game, I feel like we're about to we're about to have a breakthrough. I'm going to figure it out. The kids are going to figure it out with me. I'm going to help figure it out. Maybe I'll read some books or talk to some of my favorite parent mentors. I, I don't think thinking back to your own childhood helps at all. I was I was kind of like, well, what would my parents do? I was like, wait, I um, I don't know if if. if it's kind of a different time, you know, like, uh, I don't know. My kids are, they're, they're probably a little different than I was when I was, when I was young. I don't know if I could talk to my, my, my parents always have something helpful to say. And the, the other tricky is leveling up as a parent and leveling up as a spouse. You know, I'm like, 
my wife has been super busy with work, which is probably why I'm stressed out about parenting right now. Cause I'm like kind of solo parenting while also holding down the day job while also trying to, you know, pursue music and everything. Um, <laughs> I say that like, uh, you know, that other, that other little thing. Um, sometimes I wish I wasn't ambitious at all and I could just deal with like my day to day life. Just be a good dad, be a good father, be a good employee you know, get home and enjoy that, that bowl of mac and cheese with tuna fish in it and a couple beers and not, not feel any guilt. Just wake up the next morning and just go, ah, thank God I'm alive. This hot shower feels great. I'm going to stretch and go for a jog and then just do it all again. Um, there's something about that that seems really appealing. Basically, I'm talking about giving up on your dreams that sounds really appealing to me sometimes because sometimes trying to be better all the time is obnoxious. So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth right now. I'm saying a leveling up feels so good. It's so rewarding. But then on the other hand, it's like, I don't have time to do shit other than pick up after my children and make them food that they won't eat and then throw it down my own gullet. So it, which is the beauty. The beauty of it is that it's complicated. It's not easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't require us to reach out to our mentors or vent uh, into a microphone on a podcast or, you know, journal about it um, and strive to be better. You know, I, there is something about leveling up that feels really good. And I think the key here is that it's one thing to level up by yourself. You know, if I'm working on my golf game or if I'm working on singing falsetto, ah, it always makes me feel like there's a, I feel like I'm a Viking and there's a warring tribe coming over the mountain. And then I'm the guy that's like blowing in that big horn. Ah, it's like a, the battle cry. And then that, gets the guy to light the lantern and then the guy a half a mile away can light his lantern and then the word eventually gets back to the castle but literally that 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 little exercise just doing that it doesn't sound cool but it's a demonstration of a little piece of my voice that i had almost forgotten entirely about as a singer and um, I'm excited that I recaptured it. Um, I'm going to practice that so that it doesn't just sound like I'm a Viking sending out a warning signal on stage. Hey, everybody, I've been really practicing singing. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, the Vikings are coming. Um. <laughs> uh, that, that sounds like a Viking or the Ricolo guy, right? The guy with the mint, it's not a mint, it's a lozenge. Lozenge? A little, little sucky candy for when you got a sore throat. When you got an itchy throat. My daughter this morning tried to stay home. She's like, oh, I'm so tired. My throat is itchy. My voice isn't working. It's like, you'll feel better. Eat your breakfast. Get your day clothes on. We're going to school. I uh, was wondering if I was going to get a call from the nurse today, but I think I, once she got in the flow, she was like, all right, and it's just a regular school day. Okay, let's let's keep going. I think she was testing me. 
Maybe dad will let me stay home today. I swear that kid has taken her temperature like 14 times in the last three days. Hopefully nothing's like seriously wrong with her. It crossed my mind. What if she has appendicitis or some random like internal organ situation that is hard for a six-year-old to describe and hard for an, a grown-up that's not a doctor to, to recognize? You know, I'm just, she's like, oh, my tummy hurts. I was like, do you have to throw up? She's like, no. It's like, what does it feel like? She's like, it feels like it hurts from, from my tummy to my neck. I was like, okay, well, it's not much to work with. Uh, have you pooped in a while? You know, is it constipation? Go sit on the toilet. So that's the extent of my medical help around the house as a father. Uh... But uh, yeah, so I was saying it's one thing to level up as an individual, you know, golfing, singing, whatever it is. And then for me, for me, another shout out to Bill Burr, um, for me, uh, leveling up together is the balance to that. The, so leveling up by myself feels a little selfish. Yeah, I mean, it's going to maybe, maybe if I can sing a little better, it'll make for some, you know, better gigs. Or if I can chart out my music, then I can play with a band and I can book better gigs and maybe make a little extra money for the family or, you know, even have a more cool musical experience for more people and and share the joy of music. Um, Right. So those are selfish meets selfless kind of experiences golf seems to be pretty just selfish i'm like oh i want to be able to get the ball in the hole with as few shots as possible and i'm you know i'm gonna leave my kids at after school care for an extra hour so that i can go to the driving range today you know that that seems pretty selfish but if i balance it out with leveling up together leveling up as a family leveling up as a community right that's why i volunteer for my school I just had to provide the credit card information for an order of 50 recorders for the school music teacher so that all the kids could have a recorder. Uh, And if they do a good job and they do well with their recorder lessons, they get to keep it and bring it home. Um, So you're welcome, parents of Redfield Elementary School children, for the recorders that will be coming home (laughs) into your lives at the end of the year so you can hear hot cross buns a million times now the gift of music man that's freaking cool i was really proud that through my volunteerism and and being responsible for the financials of uh the funds that we raise as a parent teacher organization i got to be the guy that i mean i'm just a glorified middleman but you know making sure that the kids have a recorder to play because you know that wasn't in the budget. It was something that we needed to spend some funds on uh, to, to fill the gap. Yeah, they had a couple of recorders, but not as many as they needed. So it was like, hey, if we want every kid to have one, we're going to have to go buy some from the local music store. So I called them up and gave them our credit card information, which is uh, 5461. No, I'm just kidding. That would be so stupid if I gave the credit card information on the podcast. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to work on leveling up for myself, for my own sanity and my own progress, but not uh, not at the expense of trying to level up together. 
So once my wife kind of comes off of this really busy period with work, we will uh, touch base and, and, and kind of, you know, team up again as parents and, uh, and uh, as, as, as husband and wife. Uh, marriage. <laughs> um, just thinking of the Princess Bride. Um, true love. The uh, the priest with the terrible lisp at the end of the movie. Um, and that's the the other the other tricky thing about that is that because she's busy and I'm uh, in the in the barrel as it was or in the trenches my dad loves to say "Eh, it's your turn in the trenches boy (laughs) while he goes and enjoys his retirement i'm like dad man the kids are acting up he's like "Eh, it's your turn (laughs) been there done that good luck (laughs) come talk to me when all your hair falls out (laughs) man i got so many gray hairs in my beard now kind of looks a little sexy but uh it was alarming it's like oh my god almost I'm almost a 40. I was thinking maybe I'll maybe I'll cut myself a lot of slack until I'm 40 and then I'll buckle down and and actually pursue like a meaningful career rather than trying to juggle so many things. Um <laughs> dedicate myself to making the world a better place. Um <laughs> um so because I'm in the barrel I I'm seeing all the the little gaps and all the little deficiencies and, and the kids are, you know, everybody, everybody's kind of on edge because mom's not around. So, of course, when mom gets home, I'm like, honey, man, Emma did this and Brent did that. And I was I was this close to being upset. And she had a timeout. And then she, she came over here. And then we spilled the milk, blah, blah, blah. And I'd vent. And it's like the exact worst time to vent because she's like, I'm exhausted. I just got home. I've been busting my ass for this family trying to win some bread bring home some bacon and now i get home and you just start unloading on me right um she didn't actually say that she was very nice and she she let me vent and then she got to vent herself about whatever was was good or bad about her day but the point being, no, neither of us really have time to make improvements right now. We're kind of hanging on, hanging on by a thread, trying to keep things safe and sane, right? Uh, until the, the, the next opportunity to, to level up in our life and maybe get away from our crazy neighbor who gets the cops called on her. All right, uh, that's good for now. Everybody be good. And uh, check in with you another time. Again, Dreams and Lives is out. Go stream that on Spotify. Buy it on iTunes. Whatever you want to do. Amazon. Somebody sent me a cool thing on Instagram that was like, Alexa, play Garrett Anderson Dreams and Lives. And then she pulled it up. The little Amazon robot lady. I haven't used that Siri in a while. And then I, I put it on my phone. And I was like, hey, Siri set an alarm or set a timer for 10 minutes and she was like okay timer set for 10 minutes and i had my earbuds in at the time and it was really weird to hear her little robot voice being pumped right into my ears it's like man that's weird uh i am really close to to thinking that if they came out with some sort of implant of an of an earbud or like a headphone kind of thing 
that I would be a great candidate for it because I always have my earbuds dangling out of the front of my shirt. It's kind of a nerdy fashion statement. But if I'm doing dishes, riding the bike, you know, doing whatever, going on a walk, walking the dogs, oh, leveling up as a dog owner too. These dogs, they need a walk. They need a walk like every day. And Jack, the older dog, is he's getting so grouchy. If he has been fed and he's had a chance to go to the bathroom and he's got water and he and he sees me and the kids aren't around, if it's just me at home, he'll just look at me and be like, Whoa! he'll just bark at me. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, God. If I have my shoes on, he's like, Whoa! he's basically saying like, hey, man, I see you ain't got shit to do right now. You better take me on a walk or I'm going to bark at you all day. So I've been trying to take them on walks so they don't bark at me. But I mean, and there, there's a lesson too. You got to like proactively take care of your stuff in life or else it's going to bark at you. And then that's what's obnoxious. It isn't annoying to take care of kids. Taking care of kids is a joy. But if you're trying to do something else, and then the kids are like, take care of me, take care of me, please, God, take care of me. I need some interaction. I need something to do. I'm bored. Then it's a little bit frustrating because you're like, oh, I'm over here um, trying to figure out <laughs> dotted eighth notes in this computer software. And you're telling me you're bored and all you want to do is watch TV. And that's the one thing I won't let you do until you put your clothes away. But your sister threw your clothes on the floor and you don't want to have tuna fish with dinner. All that kind of stuff. So basically what I'm saying is, and I'm saying this to myself. God, I sound like a crazy person. Is take care of your business. It's, it's work hard, play hard. It's our motto. It's like kind of our family motto. Work hard, play hard. Get your work done so that you can enjoy your play. You know? You ever have you ever have a, a cocktail or a beer, some some or a glass of wine at the end of a day that you you kind of wasted your day? It doesn't taste as good. It tastes good after mowing the lawn. It tastes good after you know going to the gym that morning. That's that's when the play hard feels good. It's after the work hard. If it's all play hard, that's that's unsustainable. That that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna fly. All right, I'll talk to you later. Peace.